Welcome to the raw and uncensored Ambitious Podcast. During our time here together, I will be instilling all of the strength, power, and determination you will need to use the very stones thrown at you to build your ultimate empire. We will redefine the word bitch from the derogatory to the acronym being in total control of herself. So let's adjust our crowns and prepare to live life ambitiously. Oh yeah, here I am, the original HBIC, Katie motherfucking Boyd. <sighs> Silent night, deadly night. Oh my God. You guys know, if you've been listening to the Ambitious Podcast, if you have read Ambitious the book... You guys know that I am not a big fan of this time of year. I have had my fair share of bullshit this time of year, and I have rewritten my life story, and I have flipped the script, and now I create and curate the holidays that I desire, and I don't go by what anyone else wants for me, and I hope that that's something that tickles your pickle for a nickel, because let me tell you, if you are going to live the rest of your life in this bullshit every year starting around Halloween and ending, you know, around the new year. That's like four months of your life just gone to the shitter because you are really not that into what you're doing, but you're just doing it out of a place of like, well, this is what we've always done and I'm obligated and I have to or everyone's going to hate me or they're going to talk shit about me. They're not going to like me. Who gives a fuck? Who cares if everyone doesn't like you if you don't like yourself? So today's podcast is about a topic that's very close to my heart, and it hits home for me deep, which is surviving the holidays when you're estranged from your family. Yeah, it's a it's a hard one. It's a it's a it's a heavy one. It's a heavy one. But before we start, I want to give a huge shout out to the sponsor to the Ambitious Podcast, which is Life Boost Coffee. You guys know I love my coffee. But coffee can be the grossest thing that you drink every day of your life because it is filled with mold and it causes inflammation and it's filled with heavy metals and it's not organic and it is just yuck. But Life Boost Coffee is not only third-party tested for mycotoxins, heavy metals, and over 400 other toxins. It's also organic. It's non-GMO. It's shade-grown. It's fairly traded, and all the beans are from single origin. They really strive to give you all the healthiest coffee on the planet. So when you go over to lifeboostcoffee.com at checkout, use the code AMBITIOUS, Make sure that you spell it correctly and you're going to get 40% off your first bag of beans and you're going to get free shipping. We love Life Boost Coffee. It's delumptious and scrumptious and it's the best thing about my day. Let me just tell you. Okay. It's okay. Surviving the holidays when you're estranged from your family. So I was doing some uh, research about this before, um, before I started and... Let me tell you, when I did the research and I found out that, listen to this, at least 65 million people in America, that's not all over the world, but in this country, are estranged from at least one nuclear family member during the holidays. 60 
five million people. Can you freaking imagine? That just like blew my freaking mind. And, you know, you may not have estrangement with your family members, but you may have a friend. I bet you any money you have a friend or a coworker or a colleague or a loved one that does have um, estrangement from at least one of their family members during this time of year. And I can't begin to tell you, and I'm saying this because this is a personal uh, story for me, there's nothing more difficult, more sad, more depressing, more guilt-ridden than being estranged from your family during this time. I don't even care if you're like me and you don't like the holidays. Being estranged from your family in general is so hard Uh, And I've had my personal experiences with it in the past, Um, but especially at the holidays, because, you know, this time of year is like the Hallmark Channel and everything is supposed to be beautiful and everyone's supposed to be falling in love and they're supposed to be in their best Christmas attire, drinking their hot cocoa, going to these perfectly planned holiday parties. and, And at the end of the day, that is a fucking pipe dream. It's not real. And most families, it's the opposite. This can be a time where the trauma and the drama is amped the fuck up. And I hate to say this, but this is the time of year where people commit suicide more than any. And this is also a time where people's life contracts are coming to an end. If you've noticed, I I don't know, like I'm not trying to be dark, but this is a heavy subject and I don't want to always be like farts and nipple tassels on the podcast. I, I want to bring real information so that people can grow. That's my number one purpose here on earth is to help people not feel alone and to feel seen and to feel validated and to know like that other people in the world are going through similar situations and they're not alone. And and there's people out there, there's like-minded community, like the ambitious community that I've worked so hard to create um, that will understand you and validate you and see you and love you and lift you up and speak victory into you. Uh, But so many people right now, if you haven't noticed, like a lot of people die around Christmas time and Thanksgiving. A lot of people die. And people like are always like, why do so many people die? I have so many people that talk to me about that. Why do so many people die around this time of year? And I said, because it's really, it's a hard time for people. And people, when, especially when they're older um, or if they're dealing with depression um, and mental illness of any sort, it's this time really ramps it up for them. And you have to want to live. You have to desire to live. Um, and some people, are their, their life contracts are just like, it's up. It's time to go. It's time to shuffle off the mortal coil. But then you have these people who are committing suicide around this time of year because they feel alone. They feel helpless. They feel hopeless. They feel scared. They feel angry. They feel depressed. So I'm not trying to do a public service announcement here on the Ambitious Podcast, but you know, like... Give people a fucking break around this time of year because you don't know what people are dealing with. You don't know what people are feeling. So just be loving and kind and offer, um, you know, an ear to listen, a hug, just a place that's non-judgmental and and kind because you don't know what everybody's struggling with. You know, there's like that old saying, it's like if everybody threw their problems in a pile, and we're told, hey, you can grab someone else's problem and take it, most people would just go back in the pile and take their problems back. 
because you don't realize what people are really dealing with. Everyone is trying to put on a happy face and, you know, put their best foot forward. And you don't know the internal struggle, the internal conflict, the trauma, the abuse that some people have endured. And this time of year, unfortunately, really triggers a lot of people. Um, I will be honest with you. I have had my fair share of this in the past. Um, my mom and dad and my sister and my family for about two years, we did not speak and we did not see each other. And it was honestly the best thing that we all did because now we have an amazing relationship. We're closer than we ever have. But I think that the, the, the commitment to, to being separate and being estranged for almost two years was the hardest thing that I've ever had to do. Um, it was gut-wrenching. It was heartbreaking. But I knew that part of the reason why I chose to be here, part of the reason why my soul chose to come here um, at this time and to be with the family that I chose was to help be the ambitious bolt cutter of the chains of ancestral lineage trauma that's been passed down from generation to generation in my family. That generational trauma can be you know, a plethora of things. But for example, like on my dad's side of the family, you know, it was like, we don't talk about what happens in this house. Anything that goes on in this house, we keep a stiff upper lip. We keep closed, tight mouthed. We don't tell people our personal business. We suffer in silence. And on my mom's side of the family, it was very much like, it doesn't matter like how your family treats you, who hurts you, who abuses you, their family, and this is just the way it goes. And we just keep going back over and over and over and over again in this hypnotic rhythm um, whirlpool. And when I was a little kid and I would see all this go on, especially around the holidays, I would just be like, what the fuckity fuck is going on? Like I knew even at like a very young age that this was like very wrong but when you're a little kid, you know, you don't have the power and you don't have the voice to really stand up to your family and say like, hey guys, what the fuck are you sick, filthy animals doing? Like, this is abusive. This is traumatic. Um, I remember when I was a young girl, I remember um, my aunt who's passed away, my mother's half sister. Um, my grandmother was dying. And I remember my mom just, my mom took care of my grandmother as she was dying in my home. And my mom just wanted a break to go to the grocery store and like take a shower and just get out of the house for a couple of hours. And my aunt was like, yeah, I'll come over and I'll be with mom and I'll watch mom and I'll spend time with her while you go do that. And I remember like sitting on the couch and I remember my aunt walking in and she looked like, you know, a painted lady. She was just like, her hair was done. She was like dressed to the nines. And my mother was like, where the fuck are you going? And... Um, she's like, oh, I'm not watching Ma. Like I have a date. And my mother's like, you said that you would watch our mother so I could just go get groceries and I could take a shower for Christ's sakes. And she's like, well, fuck you. You know, I'm, I'm not, I have a date. And I'll never forget like my mom and her got in like a fist fight in our living room. My mom was actually making, I don't, I think, I don't know if it was pasta sauce or something, but my mom was like chopping, um, peppers 
And you know how like inside the pepper, it's like all the little seeds. And I just remember like my aunt's hair was like, this was like the eighties, right? So it was like, her hair was like frosted and it was like perfectly coiffed. And my mom took the pepper and just like got my aunt by the sweater and just took the pepper and squished it like all in her hair. She's like, oh, you're not going out now, you fucking bitch. Like, you know, your, your hair is fucked. You have pepper seeds everywhere. And I just remember like watching this happen and being like, what the fuck? Like, if this is how family is like, get me the fuck out of here. And then I remember another time, same exact scenario where my uncle, my mother's half brother, um, who was always just a beast, but like he had his really good qualities too, but he was always just a motherfucking beast. And my, again, my mom had asked him for something. He came over the house. He wasn't going to do it for her. And I remember him taking my mother and beating the fuck out of her in front of me and taking her head and smashing it off. Oh my God. I like my, uh, my eyes are like welling up with tears just thinking about this. But I remember her, him taking my mother's head and just bouncing it off the fireplace bricks, like just smashing her head against the fireplace. And you know, when you're a little kid and you're just like screaming, like, please stop, please stop. And I I hope that this isn't hard for people to hear because I know a lot of you have gone through very similar things, but I want the ambitious podcast to always be raw and real and uncensored. So I'm I'm speaking totally from the heart. Um, And I'm not saying this for you guys to feel bad for me. I just want you to understand, like, I get it. When you tell me your problems, when I coach you, I understand what you've gone through because I've gone through it too. I've been there. Um, And I just remember like that was how I grew up. And then you know what? And this is no offense to my mother because this is how she was taught. The next week, everybody would be out to dinner together or my mom would be cooking for them. And it was just like, like, it was like nothing ever fucking happened. And that is not right. (laughs) It's not okay. And I know that the reason why for me, and I'm sure a lot of you out there in Ambitious Land are also um, souls that chose to incarnate into your flawed, fucked up family so that you were also the ambitious bolt cutters of your ancestral trauma lineage. I talk a lot about this in the book Ambitious. I teach a lot of this inner child healing stuff in my Ambitious Academy. This is so important, you guys, to heal this part of you. Um, it took me years to heal this. Now I have all the tools and the and the um, ways to do it. So if you want the cliff notes, like I will give them to you. But that is not okay. And a lot of times when I stopped speaking to my family, a lot of the reasons, I'm sorry, a lot of the reasons why I stopped was because I knew in my heart of hearts, like if I keep playing this game, and I keep allowing ourselves to go down this rabbit hole of like fighting and then like, you know, cause like, for instance, like my mom and I would get in these like crazy hellacious fights, right? Over, I don't even know, like fucking nothingness, but we would get in these crazy fights and then like, I would like hang up on my mom or my mom would hang up on me and then we wouldn't like talk for a couple days and then something would happen and then my mom would text me or I would call my mom. And then it was just, you know, what we call it ambitiously, we call it hypnotic rhythm. It's like, you just go right back to the same shit, right back to the same shit, right back to the same shit. And if we're going right back to the same shit, how the fuck are we ever supposed to heal these parts of our family lines and these epigenetics and these life contracts? We can't. So the last time I um, stopped speaking to my mom, it was horrible. And I speak about this a little bit in the book. And I know that nothing my mother has ever said to me she meant, because my mom is literally the kindest, most loving person, but she has a really fucking bad temper. 
And she has so much trauma from her childhood. And she has so much trauma from her adulthood and young adulthood that sometimes my mom will say shit. I don't even think she knows what she's saying. It's just like, because her mother might've said that or her sister or her siblings or people, you know, in her family line might've said shit. It's almost like she just parrots the same shit. And I just was like, you know what, mom? I'm like, I am done with this. And the old way that I used to go play with my mom is like, like I just said, like we'd get in a fight. And then like a couple days later, we'd be talking again. And I said to myself, like, if I want to heal this part of my family line and I want to be the ambitious bolt cutter of these ancestral, ancestrally passed down chains of bondage. And remember, I talk about this in the book, when you heal yourself, you heal seven generations that came before you energetically, and you heal seven generations that came that will come after you energetically. So do you really want your children and your children's children and your children's children's children and and, and, and perpetuity and et cetera, et cetera, to have to go through the same fucking shit that you've gone through? No. So I knew that I had to stop the hypnotic rhythm. And I stopped talking to my family for almost two years. And it wasn't until COVID, my dad got really sick, not with COVID, but he had um, some health issues and he had to have an operation. He was really sick. And, you know, there was times where we were like, he might not make it. And um, my mom, because I, I had my mom like really blocked on everything. Um, she couldn't call me. She couldn't reach out to me on social media. It was, it, it was fucked up. And I'm not proud to say this, but I'm actually proud of the outcome. And she reached out to me and like slowly I started letting my mom come back into my life. And slowly I started to reintegrate back into her life. And, you know, she said to me one day after we were talking again, she says, I'm really grateful for what you did. She goes, even though it was horrible and it was like the most like heartbreaking thing is like my mom and I are so fucking close. And she said, I'm so grateful for what you did because it made me have to take a step back and it made me have to look at myself and it made me have to look at what I was doing wrong and what the hip, you know, she didn't say hypnotic rhythm, but she was saying the, what the hypnotic rhythm that I was in. And now it's like, we have the most incredible relationship. My mom, my sister, my dad, my brother-in-law, my niece and my nephews. Um, we have the most incredible relationship because I was brave enough and courageous enough, even though it was the worst thing I and hardest thing I've ever done in my life. And I've done a lot of hard shit in my life, but it was the hardest thing I ever did in my fucking life was to not talk to my family because I knew if I kept going the way I was going, it would never end. I would never heal these ancestral curses and that my children and my children, you know, and my, um, family line would have to keep enduring this until someone came along in our lineage that was courageous enough and brave enough to heal this. Okay. So that's my personal story. Um, thank you for holding space for allowing me to even say those things. Cause honestly, I don't talk about this a lot, but I'm, I'm want to really have you understand, like I get you. So if you are estranged from your family during this holiday season, or you know of someone that's estranged, like send this podcast to them, share this on your social media, have a conversation because you have no idea the amount of people you guys that are suffering in fucking silence in this world that feel so alone, so helpless, so hopeless at this time of year. And this is why people commit suicide. This is why people choose to end their life contracts because they feel like there is no other way out.
And if you could just ask someone like, how can I help you? How can I hold space for you? How can I be a support system for you? Because I know that you don't speak to your family at this time. You know, I know that you don't speak to your brother and sister. I know that you're alone at this time. Um, you know, whatever, like be that person. Cause that's part of being ambitious is about being that person for another person. You don't realize just by asking someone how you can help them at this time when they're estranged from their family, how it could change their lives and it could save their lives. Okay. So remember how I said 65 million Americans are estranged from at least one family member during the holidays? Like that is fucking eye-opening. And I just want to bring you through the t- the 10 ways to really help not only you if you're estranged, but other people survive during the holiday season and not only survive, but thrive. So number one is realize that you are not alone. I just told my story. I can't tell you how many clients that I coach in Ambitious Academy that are estranged from their family members. They're estranged from their children. They're estranged from their mothers and fathers and and sisters and brothers. I cannot tell you how many. So just number one is realize like you are not alone. There's others out there. I just said there's 65 million and that's of just of what we know. That's probably, it's probably way more people. But can you imagine 65 million people? Like that's fucking insane. So number one is just realize that you are not alone in this. Number two is confront the feelings of shame. I can't tell you how hard it was for me when I was estranged from my family, especially during the holidays where, you know, I would go out to, so say, you know, my husband's in healthcare and sometimes he entertains doctors and he goes out to dinner with, you know, different people from work. And some of these people, like, I don't know from a hole in the wall. And you guys know me. Like, I can roll with the best of them. Like, I'm very open. I'm very um, talkative. Um, even though I'm an introvert, I can be very extroverted when I when I want to. And, you know, people will ask me, like, oh, what are you doing for the holidays? And, like, what are you doing with your family? Da, da, da. And I'm not a bullshit artist and I'm not a liar. That's, like, one thing about me. Like, I'll just tell you the truth because I don't really give a fuck. Um, I cannot tell you how many people would, like, look at me when I would tell them, well, I don't really have a relationship right now with my family. Um, so, you know, we go away or whatever. People would be like, oh my God, you're going to regret this. Why, how could you do this to your mother and father? Like, this is so sad. Like you have to reach back out to them. Like you can't do this. Like total fucking strangers, total strangers would say this shit to me. And I would leave, I would feel such shame. I would feel, and I'm telling you right now, um, and if you haven't watched all of Brene Brown's stuff about shame, it's incredible. So she has a Netflix special. Her books are amazing. But I'm telling you right now, shame, in my opinion, is one of the hardest ways to feel. I think it's worse in almost every way. Every dark, detrimental, derogatory way that we can feel as humans, I think shame is like the number one thing that just like eats away at your soul. Um, and I would just feel so shameful. I'd feel so bad about myself. Like I would drive home in the car and I'd be like, I should just call my mom. And my husband would be like, if you want to do that, but like, is it going to fix the problem in the long term? You know? And I'm like, no, you're right. And I would just cry myself to sleep so many nights, you know, thinking about this because shame is just like the hardest fucking thing, but confronting those feelings of shame and being like, okay, I know that the way I'm feeling isn't real. I know that this is just a preconceived um, notion that I've had about like how I should feel if someone 
tries to make me feel this way, but like, this is not mine to, this is not my yoke to carry kind of thing, you know? Um, and you know what, guys, if you are out there and you're not estranged from your family and you fucking shame someone that is shame on you. Um, I was at my 20 year high school reunion and I remember walking, um, up and talking to some friends of mine from high school and this person was just like, oh my God, I saw your mother the other day in the grocery store because that person still lives back where my parents live. And she was crying and, you know, you should be so ashamed of yourself. Like, what if your parents died and you would you would never forgive yourself? And I was like, first of all, fuck you and the fucking horse that you rode in on, motherfucker, because I haven't seen you since 1999. So mind your own fucking business. Like, fuck you. And I remember that night I drank like two bottles of tequila because I felt such deep fucking shame. In that moment where I'm just like, here I am at my 20 year high school reunion, just trying to see my friends and have a good time. And this person is fucking shaming me about something that is none of their business, that they know nothing about. They don't know about my family dynamics. They don't know how we even got to the place where we stopped talking in the first place. I was like gutted. I was fucking gutted. So don't shame people. Unless you're just a fucking asshole, and I wish that you weren't listening to this podcast if you've ever done this, you're a dick. But shaming other people because of your beliefs of the way that you were brought up is, like, so disgusting. So please, like, know that your one shaming of that person could end their lives. Like, that could be the straw that breaks the camel's back, and that person that night, like, takes their lives because you shame them about being estranged from their family. Like, you don't know the fucking facts. So be motherfucking quiet. Number three is feeling your feelings. Um, I used to try to hold my feelings in. I was like, no, you know, you're too strong. You're, you're a tough bitch. You don't need to get upset about this. But like, honestly, holding on to anger and sadness is just so detrimental. It causes illness and disease in your body. It causes energetic blocks. It's just not okay. So if you have to cry, if you have to scream, if you have to feel grief, if you have to feel any what, which fucking way, like feel the feelings. Because if you keep pushing that shit down, it's going to bubble up and it's going to manifest in other ways that maybe could kill you. Okay. So feel your feelings. Number four is recognize and mitigate the triggers. So if you know, like every time that I go out with this group of friends and they ask me about why I'm not talking to my family and then they shame me, maybe I should stop going out with these people. You know, maybe I should stop going to like my aunt's Christmas party where I'm going to be shamed or I'm going to be told that I'm an asshole because I'm not speaking to my family or I'm estranged from my sister or I'm estranged from my cousin or what my children or whatever. Sometimes you have to be the person who mitigates the and assesses the risks involved at this time of year of like, okay, when I go to this restaurant, it just brings up too many feelings for me that aren't healthy because this was a place that I used to go to with my sister before we stopped talking. Or this was um, something I used to do with my dad before we became estranged. Like sometimes you have to protect yourself and you have to protect your energy. And just because you've always done something that you've always done doesn't mean you have to do it going forward. So number four is really just like recognize what sets you off, recognize what triggers the feelings of sadness and shame and guilt and whatever, and mitigate the triggers. Like just like really put your foot down and be like, I'm not going to put myself through this, even though this is like a tradition that I've always done. Make new traditions. Because when you make the new traditions, 
you actually forge new neural networks. So your mind is actually thinking in a different way. Number five, mourn the loss. Like I knew, well, I didn't know, but I, my goal was like to stop talking to my family so we could like finally fix the problem once and for all. I didn't think that I would never speak to my family again. That wasn't for me. That wasn't the goal, but I have a lot of friends that are estranged from certain family members around this time of year. And, um, they're like, I never want to see my family again. Like I, I don't care. And, you know, people will say to them, and I've heard this before and I get so mad. I was like, well, what if they died? It's like, but well, okay. So they died. What am I going to do? Am I going to jump in the fucking coffin with them? Like for a lot of people at this time of year, like these people have already mourned these people as if they are dead to them. And you don't know why they're estranged. They could be, they have, could have been physically abused, sexually abused, traumatized. Like you don't know why people are estranged from their family in the first place. It's none of your motherfucking business. So mourning that loss and being like, it's okay. Like if I never see or speak to this person again, because I have to, I have to salvage and save my own self and my own soul. Because you deserve happiness. If you are a soul that chose to incarnate onto this earth plane at this time, you deserve happiness. It is your, it is your right and it is your birthright to have joy and happiness and harmony and peace. And anything that takes those things away from you, you gotta cut it out like fucking cancer. And sometimes that cancer is a family member or a friend or someone that you once loved and cared for that is hurting you. So mourning that loss, you have to do it. And number six, try not to be reactive or to go backwards. I can't tell you like, and my mom was probably like wants to kick me in the crotch for saying this, but like when I stopped talking to my mom, my mom would like try to talk through other people to me, or she would post like things that would like trigger me on like social media. And like, I would have so many friends that would be like, oh, your mom just posted this thing on social media, like whatever. Or I have clients, the same thing, like, you know, their, their family will post things on social media, like these passive aggressive posts, but everybody like knows it's about them. So then all these people go to you and say like, oh, your uncle just posted this thing about you on Facebook, or this person's talking about you over here on Instagram or whatever, yada, yada, yada. Right. And the old you and the immature, the, the spiritually immature part of you, which we all have, and the ego part of you wants to be like, who the fuck does this person think that they are? I'm going to fucking give them a piece of my mind. I'm going to go at them. I'm going to say what I, blah, blah, blah. it's like, they want that from you because then it opens that door back up and it starts the time ticking again. So the best thing is you have to say to yourself, I don't, and this is what I did. I said, I don't care what my family says about me, what they post about me, like how they talk about me to people. If they see them, if they see old friends of mine or whatever, no matter what, I'm going to stand firm and I'm not going to be reactive and I'm not going to go backwards. And that was one of the hardest things, dude. It was the hardest thing. But after a while, usually the person gets tired of trying to fuck with you and then they just give up. And that's a good sign. It means that like they're making progress too energetically and spiritually. So the next thing is don't overcompensate. So a lot of times when you're estranged from people that you love um, or family members or friends or just, you know, whatever this time of year, 
you'll try to overcompensate and be like, well, I'm going to show them that I'm going to have the best holiday. So then you go like out of your way to put on these elaborate parties or spend tons of money on gifts or like, you know, buy the crazy outlandish, um, you know, trips or holidays away just to show them like, look at, you know, even though we're estranged and uh, this is like this now, like, look at me, I'm still thriving. And it's like, you're killing yourself, man. You're killing yourself. And I see it so much. And actually I tried to do it, um, a lot myself. Like I was like, I felt so bad at this time of year that I would just like try to like go out of my way to like numb myself and, you know, overspend and do all these things. And it's just like, you know, it might feel good for the moment, but in the long run, you're just left with a bunch of credit card bills and it's just stressful. So try not to overcompensate during this time when you're estranged from your family during the holidays. Number eight is open yourself up to outside joy. Maybe because you're estranged from your family, you know, you're not invited to the the big Christmas party with all the cousins and the aunts and the uncles anymore. So find your own family, sometimes chosen family, not the family that you are born into, but sometimes the ones that you choose to be into, whether it's a community like Ambitious or it's a friend group or it's your coworkers or colleagues or someone, um, a group of people from a hobby or something that you do extracurricularly, like you deserve joy. So open yourself up to finding joy outside of the old ways. I'm telling you, sometimes it's better. And to kind of parlay into number nine is look for a chosen family. You know, I have friends in my life that are like just as close to me as my own family is. And I chose them. And that's what's so beautiful about having a chosen family is like you choose those people. And it's so delightful. And they know your triggers and they know your deepest, darkest secrets. And they're never going to do that to you. And it's, and they're not linked up in that ancestral lineage trauma. And they're not part of the hypnotic rhythm of the old shit with your family. So it's going to be so fucking refreshing to look for and choose a new chosen family. And last but not least, number 10, create new traditions. Create new traditions. You know, when I stopped doing the holidays over a decade ago, Matt and I were like, okay, every Thanksgiving, we're going to be away. And every Christmas, we're going to be away. Um, and before COVID, you know, we would go to all these different places. You know, we'd go to Hawaii, we would go to Anguilla, we'd go to Paris, we'd go all over, all over the world. Now, because of COVID, we're staying closer to home, but, you know, we still have our little traditions where it's like, we wear these pajamas on Christmas Eve, and then, like, we dress up in these things on Christmas Day, and this is what we eat, and this is what we drink, and these are the movies we watch, and this is the people we spend our time with. And guess what? It's joyful and it's restful and it's peaceful and it's harmonious. Do you think like baby Jesus being born was like, hey, baby Jesus is born. You need to go run around like a chicken with your head cut off and you need to spend money that you don't have and you to impress people that don't even really care about you. And you need to take like a beating from your family verbally and sometimes physically. And that shows baby Jesus that you love him. No, no. So create your own new traditions. So the call to action this week for this topic is let's keep the conversation going on the Ambitious app. I want you to tell me about your story if you're estranged from your family during this time. And 
I want you to talk about how you took one or all of the 10 things that I talked about of how to survive and thrive when you're estranged from your family during the holidays. And I'm going to choose one person who had the best, best, best story and did the coolest um, things, took those things from those top 10 things and and implemented them. And I'm going to send them a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful gift from the bottom of my little black heart. So in the meantime, if you are ready to make 2022 your bitch and you want to go from being a sad bitch to a bad bitch, I want you to look into joining the Ambitious Academy. It is go- It is literally, when I tell you, it's the culmination of the last 20 plus years of my coaching company, all wrapped into one incredible program I'm so proud of this. Ambitious Academy is the the most proud I've ever been about anything that I've ever, ever, ever created in my entire life. And I want you to be a part of it. So head on over to ambitiousacademy.com and you can also check it out in the app. And uh, if you have any questions, you know, I'm, I'm one inbox away on the Ambitious app. If you haven't joined the Ambitious app yet, get on over to kbmsc.com and go over to join the community. And it'll take you a couple minutes to join. You just have to ask, answer a couple of really simple questions. And we will have you part of the conversation in no time. In the meantime, I just want to say I love you from the bottom of my little black heart. And don't forget to stay ambitious. Ambitious.